if you want to begin to turn in your Bibles to uh, Matthew uh, chapter 25, I'm going to be reading here in just a moment some passages out of uh, Matthew 25. We do have a lot to celebrate and give God thanks for today. And, and if you're uh, a guest with us today or visiting, we'll just, I'll be honest with you, today's a little bit different. I usually have a lot of PowerPoint uh, things that will go on behind me and uh, you know, we teach God's word. We're we're a discipling type church, and so uh, these things are our normal routine. But today we've uh, had a big week, and um, we've just had a lot of great things happen. And so I I just wanted to take a moment to celebrate uh, because my mind still is in a whirlwind. I, I'm I just I said, Lord, how after all that took place this week, I'm going to find something to say. Uh, to the people on Sunday, and I just felt like the Lord said, why don't you just take time to praise me uh, and to celebrate my goodness in your midst and, and just just celebrate. And you know, the, the children of Israel would do that on occasion. They had years of jubilee. They had moments of celebration. And all they did, they didn't come to get intense or, or, or challenged. They weren't, they weren't giving sacrifices necessarily. They just came to celebrate. And, and I just wanted to recap some things and celebrate some things. And, and so if you're a guest today, it's a little bit different. I just remind you again, if you're ever checking out a church, you got to go four or five times to see what they're really all about. I mean, if you go once, you could see them on a day that they're just better than normal and they'll fool you. And then, or you could go on a day that it's worse than usual and it doesn't really represent it well. So if you go four or five times, you can kind of get a taste for what happens. And so we just encourage you to come back. And join us in the journey. But this past week, we had nearly 100 pastors and wives come to Legacy with uh, the network that we're a part of, the network of related pastors. And the reason we have national conferences like this is because pastors need to be refueled and refired and find a place where they can be sent back home to take their city, to take their state, and ultimately together we're going to take this nation. And uh, I want to thank you, all of you who uh, in this local church who helped us go to the next level. I, I, it is so sealed in my heart that God has taken us as a people to that next level. Now, I know you hear next level talk all the time and we're all wondering what's the next level. I don't even know that I understand what all the next level is. But I, I know this, that, I, that we were bumped up to another place that we're never going to go back to the old place. In fact, one of the compliments I received was that we took that whole network and, and the conference aspect of the network to a new level. Do you understand that this network has been around a, a good while? And, and they came here and uh, they said that we took them to a brand new level. And uh, they're just believing as well as us for this local church that there'll be exponential growth. I believe that one person said you, we, we catapulted. Listen to this. We catapulted a network of pastors forward. And so we, everyone say we, say us. Together, man, we moved a movement. Now that's cool to me. All right. I just want to give you a couple compliments that I received and, and I received them on behalf of you all. All right. Pastor Rod, when he came here on Sunday, uh, we were visiting a little bit later. And this is what he said. He said, Kevin, I don't know what's going on here, but I came in and you could hear and you could feel the buzz of intercession and prayer time. 
And that at nine thirty every Sunday morning, we come in here to pray and to seek God and to worship Him and plow the ground and prepare the way. And uh, more and more people are joining us. I didn't get a chance to kind of count. I don't. I don't try to count. I'm really not a numbers counter. But last week, I just was curious. I think we had eighty five or ninety people that showed up for intercession time on Sunday morning. So man, that's isn't that church? Jesus said, "My house shall be called a house of prayer." Amen. I heard things regards to our passion, a servant's heart, the work ethic. People took time off of work to come and help. Can I just say this? That there were pastors that were scratching their head and saying, you took time off work to come help do what was going on here. Yep. Do you know how else we blew their mind? We started on time. I mean, blew their minds. You always start on time. Yeah, we always start on time. I didn't realize that was like revelation. <laughs> got, got compliments on organization. Let me tell you, the good spirit that, that everyone exuded, I mean, you just absolutely, just in, in a good way, I mean, in a good way, that when, when the watermark was raised here, now you're beginning to see how we can raise the watermark all over America. This church in a mall affected one guy said this he said i'm affected for eternity and this church in a mall affected for eternity churches all over america and now you understand why you've been prepared and trained and taught for years now you understand why i taught you authority why some of you went through 10 weeks of authority and you're going, why am I here? Now you're beginning to understand. You understand why we talk about servanthood, why we talk about excellence. Like Daniel, uh, you know, the story of Daniel. He was distinguished in Persia because of his excellent spirit. God distinguished him. And you need to understand you were distinguished. Do you understand that right now? It's not. I mean, I understand that I get a lot of the affirmation because I'm just the head of the tribe. I, I so and that's really not totally fair because the head of the tribe has so little to do at times with what goes on in the nuts and bolts of the tribe. I, 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 I do my best to train you and teach you and all those things. Appreciate the affirmation that you get for that. But you need to know that this church and that's you are being spoken of in pulpits all over America. This morning, is that not amazing? And in just a moment, I'm going to tell you the reward and how God is going to fulfill his word of catapulting all of us to that next place. But I just want to honor uh, some of the team. Now, whenever I do this, my, I, I write down things and I do my best not to, to forget somebody. Am I forgetting somebody? And, and I realize there were there were people all over this place doing all sorts of things. I say it again, Tracy and I could not do this without you all. I'm not it's not my heart to leave anyone out. I don't want to overlook anyone. But can we just say right now I'm a part of the team. I'm a part of the team and everyone's important. Do you realize that? I had compliments on on the parking guys out there. I mean, it's just amazing. So I, I may mention some names along the way. But please, if, if I don't say your name, you're going to love me, right? I mean, it's not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, we're the part of the team. All right, this is bigger than getting my name mentioned. Okay? Because my great, let me tell you, if they go home and say legacy, 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 and they never say Kevin or Tracy Baird, I am cool with that. I really am. Because I understand really, really down deep in my heart that it couldn't have happened without you guys. I understand that. So 
if, 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 if it is, I'm going to love you and you love me. And I'm just, I'm just, I just want to affirm the team. All right. First off, I'm going to affirm the worship team. Amen. Hey guys, you, you stepped it up. I was proud of you all. Uh, you know, may lose Lord to pastors who want her voice. I don't know, but, uh, you know, Pastor Rod had said this. He said that he'd not sung in the spirit like we sung on Monday night. You know, I don't know if you were here Monday night, but we, we began to sing in the spirit. I mean, we were there a few minutes singing in the spirit. He said, he said, Pastor Kevin, I'd not sung in the spirit like that for years. Now, I didn't tell him we hadn't sung like that either for years. I didn't tell him that. But we're going to keep it there, aren't we? Come on, we've gone to a new level. I want to say something to the tech people. God bless you. The lights, the sound, the projectors, the computers. You guys, you guys have, have no idea, man. I know they take kidding and, and gigging and ribbing. Uh, some of it they may deserve, some of it they don't. But can I just tell you how proud I am of all of them? They were thrown PowerPoint presentations with less than 60 seconds to go. You just can't, you, you aren't supposed to do that, but it, but it happens. And uh, things that, that needed, you know, just to take place technologically. And I'm telling you, I didn't see a glitch in the place. Let me tell you, all of this stuff, they came in here. It, it, I don't think much about it. Pastor Noah may get flown to Indiana to do some creative work for a church that's up there in Crown Point, Indiana. And so uh, I thought that was cool that that may happen to him as well. And so, you know, all the guys back there, I, I, blessings to you all. Um, I just you can take a look and see who's back there. God bless you for rolling with the curveballs and everything that happened. We couldn't do it without you. Hey, I got to point one person out because you have no idea. Dan Bearden was behind the scenes, man. Let me tell you about Dan. And, and, I, and I'm, 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 I'm pulling him out in particular because and I'm just telling stories. We're just celebrating. Dan had to record every workshop. He had to record every prophetic presbytery. He had to record every service. And then he had to run the computer, I think, in the evenings. Of course, Jerry did it in the mornings. And, and he, then he had to go duplicate. He had to work with orders and, and, and then work with pastors giving orders. And I mean, Dan had, I don't know if it was the biggest job, but from my vantage point, it was one of the biggest jobs. And I just want to say, Dan, I salute you and thank you. And, and I appreciate all you did. I almost lost Robert Platt and, and Ed Harn as being such professional sh van shuttlers that they, they were ready to take you guys home with them. I mean, you did such a, a, a wonderful job. They had to get him from the airport. You have no idea. They were at the airport picking people up. All sorts of flight times. There's probably getting up to two dozen people, maybe, I think. And, and they were taking him back and forth to the hotel, hotel to church, church to hotel, back to... Uh, you know, when we're when we're all done on Thursday, they were still shuttling people to airports. And so thank you so much, guys. Parking lot attendants, you guys out there getting people in friendly the first night standing in the rain doing these things. Amazing. Ushers, you guys look sharp. Um, just the way you came down and handled everything. Uh, Randy uh, Folsom got that together. Randy was also my personal gopher through the through, through the through the meeting and I, I love you Randy and 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 I appreciate all you did it's not a really a great glory type job but uh, but you did it greeters all the greeters their smiles I heard I heard affirmation for all the greeters and the comments about your friendliness hey the information desk workers 
You know, our Tracy's and my administrative assistant is Maria, and Maria kind of had to point through all of this because, uh, you know, she knew a lot of what was going on and, of course, what we were wanting to do. But she had to deal with late registrations and late signups and late presentations and, and, and late things that were handed to her for copies and she was handing it off to all of her team that was there as well and you guys did it with a smile on your face and not a complaint and anytime I checked on you it was Casey or or somebody that looked at me and said pastor you just don't worry about it just don't worry about it so I didn't worry about it hey facility issues I got to say just two people I'm going to pick out Tim thank you Tim for all that you did and Lisa Lisa Stone hey do you realize she had to clean the place Twice a day, because once the morning stuff was done, you got to clean it for the evening stuff and then you got to clean it for the next day. And and so I appreciate that. All the people, there were so many people involved in tearing up, setting down, cleaning up, uh, getting lunch tables out, all those things. My goodness, until it was right, uh, security shut down. You just have no idea all the things that have to take place. All the syllabus creators, bag stuffers, food service Flower Arrangers, Levy Murray and Lee Leary, God bless you uh, for all that you did. See, I can't pay you, Levy, so this is payday. So take it to the bank, man. We had nursery workers in there that gave up being here. Hey, the Folsoms uh, were down there at the hotel trying to tend to all us crazy pastors in the afterglow session. We'd eat them out of house and home down there. And uh, they'd have to get more stuff, take it in, take it out. Work days and special efforts in cleaning. I I mentioned last week, you know, Michael came in and did this whole place clean. We had gifts that were given to us. Um, 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 The Knights uh, did that as well. All sorts of special things. Hey, can I tell you, a lot of us were involved in interceding. We can't forget that, can we? When we're interceding for the event. I'm worn out just sharing all that stuff again. Have mercy. I know if I forgot somebody, forgive me. Will you just take it to the cross before you go this morning? Because I I couldn't do it without you. You you hear what I'm saying? I can't do it without a one of you. Somebody had to be out there in the parking lot. I couldn't do it without you. You say, well, what's the payoff? Well, the payoff is you have affected congregations all over this nation. You have sent pastors back to their churches and they are looking at their leaders and their people and they're saying, I believe we can step up our game for the master. They saw servants. They saw healthy Christian people. They saw maturity. They saw teamwork. They saw love. They saw honor. They saw creativity. They saw a work ethic. They saw sacrifice. They left here, many of them, wishing that they had people to pastor the quality of the people I get to pastor every week. You set the standard for over 100 churches. Some of you out of that because you're just serving. You weren't expecting it, but you received ministry just because you were here. You participated. You came. You did something. You helped in some way. Some of you got prophetic words. It wasn't designed that way, but but you received input anyway. You were enlarged. Open doors are beginning to come. I mean, I was watching down here one of the night. uh, They asked uh, uh, Wally Gabriel to come down and give a testimony of Band of Brothers. 
And uh, I was proud of Wally. He gave his testimony. They gave him three minutes and, and he took two. <laughs> but I just wanted to tell you, where is Wally at? Where's Wally? Wave at me. Hey, well, you got to know, though, Pastor Rick was back there. And as you were just sharing about Band of Brothers and kind of doing his promotional work, he, he told me later, he said, man, I just had tears in my eyes because that's that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So um, and I also wanted to say thanks to Wally, because I think you and I were about the only one that obeyed time limits all three days. So God bless you for doing that. But how about, can we just one last time, let's, we, can, we can give the Lord a hand because it was God in us. And let's just give God thanks. Can we... Praise God. Praise God. All right. Matthew 25. I, I, I'm going to read a, a, some passages to you and I'm just going to spring off of this. And uh, if you get out early and get to lunch early, you won't be disappointed, will you? No. Everybody's scared. I don't want to say no to that. Okay, Matthew twenty five fourteen. Matthew twenty five fourteen says the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants, delivered his goods to them. The one he gave five talents to another two and to another one to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received five talents went and traded them and made another five talents. And likewise, he would receive two, gain two more also. But he who, he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I gained five more talents besides them. And the Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also had, who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. As Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you've not sown, gathering where you've not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, Listen, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. I, I, I'm going to just probably dwell on that verse 28. For just a moment, take the talent from him, give it to the one who has 10. Verse 29, for to everyone who has more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away. There's a similar parable to this one in Luke's gospel with regards to, I think, uh, 10 servants and they were each given a mina and they multiply it into greater things. But but the point is very, very similar to them. It says that when they were faithful with what they were given, it was translated into authority over cities. They were literally given uh, oversight or impact into cities and regions. And so both of these parables, very similar, uh, but they are teaching uh, some things that I think are good just to recap and hopefully feel 
affirmed about or at the same time to be challenged about. And, and, and it's a simple point that's being made here. The point that's being made here is that as God puts before us things, now understand, we didn't get to choose what was put before us. It just says something was put before them and that they took hold of it. And when they took hold of it and they were faithful with it, God gave them more. The people who had and were faithful with it were given even more. Now, the reason... I read this to you this morning, and the reason I just want to share this and sow it into your spirit in the few moments we have left is because as we translate it into something personal and we begin to ask ourselves, what does that mean for us? It means this, that as we were faithful with what was put before us, I remember when I was asked by Pastor Rod and everyone was sitting around the table on that apostolic council when he said, hey, we're going we're gonna to come to Legacy Church. How about coming to Legacy Church? I just took a big gulp at the table. Because I had to give an answer in front of everybody. I couldn't think about it very long. I couldn't, I couldn't weigh it. I couldn't go through my mind of all the things that would have to be done. And could we handle that? Or is it just something beyond where we are at the moment? And, and uh, there were a thousand things that were racing through my, uh, my brain at that particular moment as I was going through this. And everybody's staring at me at the table. And so all I knew at that moment is saying, well, something's being put before me. I didn't ask for it. I didn't volunteer. This, you know, there was no sign-up sheet for hosting conferences. I just said, okay. Okay, we'll take a shot at it. And so God put something before me. And then I came back here and I put something before you. And, and everyone looked. And, and some were shaking their head up and down. We can do it. We can do it. Your faith was there from day one. Some of you were kind of going, I'll get there. I'll get there. But the bottom line is this. When it was all said and done, I don't know if you'd call that a ten-talent deal or a five-talent deal. I don't know, you know what you would call that. But because we were faithful, it says here that, that those that are faithful or everyone who has, more will be given. And I know more will be given in all sorts of ways that we've not even begun to imagine. Some of you have served. I, I just chuckle. It just strikes me as, as just God's way. Thinking that, that as Pastor Noah's back there running the sound booth and he's just, just serving, really serving me and helping me and doing everything he can and he's coming early and staying late, that he gets to fly to Indiana. And he gets to do something and all of a sudden, and I don't know, can I just say, if it, if it all comes to pass, he's going to be enlarged in even more amazing ways. God's going to open even more doors. And all he was doing was serving. That's all he was doing was just serving. I mean, he was, I mean, I, I can assure you that when he's up here and he's putting up these things. There's nothing in his mind at that particular moment that was probably saying, I'm going to get to fly to Indiana someday. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. I'm going to, do you understand? Do you see what God does? When you're just serving and all we did was serve. We just, we just do what you ought to do as a Christian. You just serve people and you love people and you help people and you just demonstrate a little excellence and you just, and you just do your best to do your best. And God says, I'll give you more. And guess what? We get to do it all again next year. See? Now listen, this is, that's, 
You may, I don't know whether you'll clap or not on this one because I'm sitting there, I'm feeling that moment again at, the, at that board meeting when I'm just listening. Everyone, without fail, everyone without exception said, I'm bringing my staff back. I know two or three pastors I'm bringing with me. Yeah, well, okay. I just We're, we're going to have to... Un, do you hear? To everyone who has been faithful, more will be given. I can tell you right now, because I, I know some of the guys, and I know they just aren't, you know, people say nice things and then they don't follow through. I understand. But I know most of these guys, and I know most of them are going to follow through. And uh, this, this, this will double. Now, we nearly filled the place up. Nearly. Can you, we, but now double? See, so what are we going to do? I don't know. <laughs> Add on top of that, Pastor Larry Stockstill is going to be the speaker. He pastors about 10,000 people. Baton Rouge. You've heard me mention his name before. He's going to be preaching right here. Now, listen, listen. That may not, that may not mean anything to you, but like I'm stunned. That's a big deal. To me, that's as good as Billy Graham coming. With an oxygen tank. I mean, I understand he's. <laughs> but that's a, it, that, that's a big deal. It, it's bigger than probably most of you. Now, I, and, and no problem. Some of you probably recognize that. But, but probably bigger than, than a lot of us can truly appreciate. Pastors will come in the evening. They may not come to the conference, but they'll just come just for those services. And I'm thinking we've doubled and now more will come. And how in the, how in the world will this work? See, we're going to need... We got one year. I'm sharing this. You say, Pastor, I thought you were going to let us rest today. <laughs> I let you rest during worship. Now we're back to preaching. <laughs> if you didn't breathe in the spirit of rest, then that's not my fault. That's not my. Don't blame me. God spoke prophetically. You had your moment. You missed it. We're, we're back on it. Let me just tell you, I just started writing. I'm going to need twice the workers, twice the leaders. If that, if, 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 if that means, God, you're putting this on our plate, that means this church is going to grow this year because we're going to have to start learning how to deal with, with bodies in this place. I, I've already started thinking, what am I going to do for lunch? Am I gonna, I'm going to have to go to Snyder's and get tents to go outside with space heaters in them. And, and, and they're going to have to feed all these people and have mercy. Two van drivers will probably need at least four van drivers, maybe five van drivers. And, and how many servants in, in the parking lot? And maybe, 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 maybe we can just drive all the bar crowd off those three days. And... Um, Make them hunt for parking spots and wonder what's going on. I just feel like that would be sort of a divine gig. Can I have, I just, I'm, all I'm doing is I'm just, I'm just sharing just things that God's doing in us. I'm going to help you connect some dots. God is, God is catapulting us, I believe, into some favor. And into prominence, as he promised. Some of you have been with me a long, long time, and we've had a lot of prophetic words of what God would do. I'll do this and that and um and awesome and great and wonderful, and you won't know, and year and year and year. And I don't know about you, I get prophetic words, and after a while I hear, I go, yeah, 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 yeah. But there's a moment God says now, and there's a moment God says yes. 
And all of a sudden, he's, he's fulfilling words. I mean, 2004, God spoke prophetically. I remember the moment out of Brian Cagle's mouth when he looked and he said, pastors will come to this place from all over America. And I, and I was sitting on a chair on a stool right here listening to that. And I was smiling going. And inside I was going, yeah, right. Yeah, right. But it happened, did it not? You think if he fulfilled that one, I suspect he'll fulfill the rest of them. God's doing that. He's catapulting us into favor. And when, when he catapults a church into favor, what that means is he's catapulting its people into a season of favor. Into a season of prominence. Now, this is what I'm going to say at the end of that. As we rejoice that God is fulfilling His Word, can I just share this with you? It's really, really important. You may want to write this down, but that as God begins to favor and anoint and to give visibility and to raise people up and to give open doors and you suddenly get a voice that's bigger than you've ever had before, write this down. Don't get a brain cramp. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because most people, when they get a little success, get stupid. R.T. Kendall once said, the worst thing that can happen to a man is to succeed before he's ready. That's been really the story of a lot of God's servants, a lot of His churches. People in everyday life, they get a little success. It goes to their head. And then they run it in a ditch. It's great to honor people. People need to be honored. It's great to celebrate. It's great to mention just a couple of names. And I could mention the names. I could go down the membership roster and mention everybody's name. But we need to remind ourselves that this isn't about me and it's not about you. It's about us. And it's about Jesus and His will. See, Tracy and I are keenly aware. And that's probably why you know, in these years, he's taken our tail through a knothole. Because when you get your tail rung through a knothole, what happens is, is that part of your brain that gets brain cramped all the time gets squeezed out as you go through the knothole. So we're keenly aware, believe me, that none of this can happen, number one, without him, and number two, without you. And truth is, I believe the hour of unveiling is upon us. You set as a church the standard and your reputation is being spoken of in the pulpits of America today. Your name is being spread far and wide. But how many of you realize, some of you realize even more personally than others, we did not get here overnight, did we? There were some things we all did that paved the way for these moments. Pastor Mike Ware, who was here, and I'll mention him again maybe in just a moment. Well, I'll just take time now. Pastor Mike Ware was here, and Pastor Mike was the overseer of Ted Haggard's church in Colorado Springs when Ted Haggard had his brain cramp. Mike Ware, along with Larry Stocksville, was the overseer. It was actually Pastor Mike who did all the behind the scenes. He was on site. He could do the behind the scenes stuff. He's the one that had to interview over 250 staff members and figure out which ones were right and which ones had let sin in the camp and who had sin in their life. And, and he had to let people go and keep people there. And he was the one that behind the scenes did all those things. He oversaw that whole debacle. In fact, as it was winding up, they actually offered him 
the church, to, to pastor the church. And this is what he said, just to listen to the quality of people that I get to hang around. This is what he said. He said, nah, that would, that would lack integrity for me to come in here and be an overseer and then all of a sudden to step into that place. That wouldn't be clean. So number one is I don't want to leave the church that I'm at, which is church is probably 1,200. I mean, it's a, it's a big church. But he said, nah, not for me. I, 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 I'm doing my assignment and then I'm going back to where God, God has placed me. That's, that's integrity. So we call integrity. That man was with us this past few days. And uh, anyway, I'll tell you that, that later. We, we have seriously struck up a wonderful relationship with, with the wares. And I'm believing it's going to be a long-term relationship in some ways. But he said something to me I'll never forget. We were visiting one night after service. And this is what he said. I'm quoting him. He said, every overnight success took years to take place. Isn't that true? It's true about legacy. We didn't get here overnight. People may have come in and, and, and maybe been wowed by all that was going on, but we, our overnight, if it's overnight success, we all know the real story. It took years to get to this place. But here's what I want to share with you. In order to do what we need to do next year, we have to have more people groomed, more people trained, more people prepared, more people that will be these servants right here. See, the standard is set. And we will need people to step up to the plate and make themselves ready. Well, you say, well, pastor, how do you make yourself ready? I'm going I'm to read to you something. I, haven't, I don't read very often. I mean, I just don't go down and read. But um, can, you, can you just hang with me? And I'm going to read and kind of synopsize as I go along. <clears throat> but in our leadership classes... Um, there's a handout we give, and I believe, Miss Louise, I originally got, you, you gave me this handout, I believe. It's the harness of the Lord. The harness of the Lord. I don't know if you've ever read that, but uh, I, I just want to share some things in here. I want you to listen very, very carefully because I thought about us as we were reading this. It's a vision that a gentleman got with regards to the great and final harvest and how there's going to be a great and final harvest, but that God is doing some things in order to prepare all of us in order to help facilitate that harvest, reach people, and be productive servants within His kingdom. And he got a vision. And this vision, he entitled The Harness of the Lord. Uh, but it actually had to do uh, with, with a picture of some horses in a field. And, and I'll just leave it like that. And let me just read and share some things. And, and, and can you just stay with me? Everybody going to stay with me? I'm going to read to you. I realize it's not like preaching. And I'm going to do my best to read so you will keep your attention. But you'll want to hear what's being said here. The vision started out on a dirt road in the middle of a wide field and there was a beautiful carriage. And on that carriage that was edged in gold with beautiful carvings, it was pulled by six large chestnut horses. Two in the lead, two in the middle, two in the rear. They weren't moving. They're not pulling the carriage. And he says, I wondered why. Then I saw the driver underneath the carriage on the ground on his back just behind the last two horses' heels. He was working on something between the front uh, wheels on the carriage. And I thought, my, he's in a dangerous place. For if one of those horses kicked or stepped back, they would kill him. Or if they decided to go forward or got frightened, they would pull the carriage right over him. But he didn't seem afraid. For he knew that the horses were disciplined. It would not move until he told them to move. The horses weren't stomping their feet nor acting restless. And though there were bells on their feet, the bells were not tinkling. 
There were pom-poms on their harness over their heads, but the pom-poms were not moving. They were simply standing still and quiet, waiting for the voice of the Master. Now there were two young colts in the field. They had seen these horses hitched to the great carriage. I watched the harness the harness horses and then noticed the two young colts coming out of the open field and they approached the carriage and seemed to say to the horses, come and play with us. We have many fine games. We'll race with you. Come catch us. And with that, the colts kicked up their heels, flicked their tails and raced across the open field. But when they looked back and saw the horses were not following, they were puzzled. They know nothing of the harness, could not understand why the horses did not want to play. So they called to them, why do you not race with us? Are you tired? Are you weak? Do you not have strength to run? You're much too solemn. You need more joy in your life. But the horses answered not a word, nor did they stamp their feet or toss their heads, but they stood quiet and still waiting for the voice of the master. Again, the colts called to them. Why do you stand in the hot sun? Come over here in the shade of this nice tree. See how green the grass is. You must be hungry. Come feed with us. It's so green, so good. You look thirsty. Come drink one of the many streams of cool, clear water. But the horses answered them not so much as a glance, but stood still waiting for the command to go forward with the master. And then the scene changed. And I saw Larry at nooses fall around the necks of those two young colts. They were led off to the master's corral for training and discipline. How sad they were as the lovely green fields disappeared and they were put into the confinement of the corral with its brown dirt and high fence. The colts ran from fence to fence seeking freedom, but found that they were confined to this place of training. And then the trainer began to work on them with his whip and his bridle. What a death for those who had been all their lives accustomed to such freedom. They could not understand the reason for this torture, this terrible discipline. What crime had they done to deserve this? Little did they know of the responsibility that was to be theirs when they had submitted to the discipline, learned to obey the trainer, and finished their training. All they knew was that this process was the most horrible thing they'd ever known. One of the colts rebelled under the training and said, this is not for me. I like my freedom, my green hills, my flowing streams of fresh water. I'll not take any more of this confinement, this terrible training. So he found a way out, jumped the fence and ran happily back to the meadows of grass. I was astonished that the trainer let him go and went not after him. But he devoted his attention to the remaining colt. This colt, though he had the same opportunity to escape, decided to submit his own will and learn the ways of the trainer. The training got harder than ever, but he was rapidly learning more and more how to obey the slightest wish of his trainer and to respond to even the quietness of his voice. And I saw that had there been no training, no testing, there would have been neither submission nor rebellion from either of the colts. For in the field, they did not have the choice to, re to rebel or submit. They were in their innocency. But when they were brought to the place of testing and training and discipline, then was made manifest the obedience of one and the rebellion of the other. And though it seems safer not to come to the place of discipline because of the risk of being found rebellious, yet I saw that without this, there could be no sharing of his glory. Finally, the period of training was over. Was he now rewarded with his freedom and sent back to the fields? Oh, no. 
But a greater confinement than ever now took place as a harness dropped about his shoulders. Now he found there was not even the freedom to run about the small corral, for in the harness he could only move where and when his master spoke. And unless the master spoke, he stood still. The scene changed. I saw the other colt standing on the side of the hill, nibbling at some grass. Then across the fields down the road came the king's carriage, drawn by six horses. With amazement, he saw that in the lead on the right side was his brother colt, now made strong and mature on the good corn in the master's stable. He saw the lovely pom-pom shaking in the wind, noticed the glittering gold bordered harness about his brother's head, heard the beautiful tinkling of the bells on his feet, and envy came into his heart. Thus he complained to himself, Why has my brother been so honored and I'm neglected? They've not put bells on my feet, nor pom-poms on my head. The master's not given me the wonderful responsibility of pulling his carriage, nor put me into the gold harness. Why have they chosen my brother instead of me? And the spirit, and by the spirit, the answer came back to me as I watched, because one submitted to the will and discipline of the master, and one rebelled. And thus one was chosen to pull the king's carriage. And the other one set aside. Isn't that a great story? I think it's a great story. You see, great things in your life don't just happen. There's training for reigning. Now, listen, some of you can begin to connect some dots Because you see why you went through the training you did. Let me tell you, I'm beginning to understand now. Why, God, did you take me through this? Why did you make me submit to this? Why did I go to this place and I had to do this thing and I didn't like it? Why, 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 why? Because God said I had something so big for you to do. That you were going to have to be trained in this thing. Listen to me. If you desire God to take you to the next level, then perhaps now is the time to ask yourself. Maybe even ask others. What do I need to do to take my game up a notch? I want a reward. I, I, I want the blessing. I want something God to happen in my life. I don't want to be standing in a field somewhere thinking I'm free and then suddenly seeing the parade go by and then I'm envious that I'm not in the parade, but you didn't take time to go to the corral and get yourself trained. Get yourself broken. Understand what it means. Nobody likes a bit in their mouth, but I'll guarantee you, you want to pull the king's carriage, you got to get a bit in your mouth. I just, I just want to share this because... Because I mean this in the most positive, affirming way. And, and I want it to come across like that, dear God, because I know sometimes I'm intense. So Jesus, help me. Help me. Help, the, help your people right now to get this. Let me tell you, now is the time. Now is the time. Uh, we've got lovely, wonderful people. God's sending us more people. I'm going to put this out. But now's the time, man. Make a covenant with, if, with this local church. Come on, membership classes are coming up. Make a covenant. Say, I'm a part of this. Pastor, I'm throwing my hat in. I'm, I'm, I want to be a part of this. I believe God can use this to open doors for me. Big things in the future. Can I share this with you? I'm just going to go for it. If you're not tithing, and I've got a, a, an, an unbelievable amount of tithers in this congregation. 
But I'm just telling you, now's the time to get yourself out from under any curses. The Bible says that if we'll render under God what is His in the tithe, it says that He will rebuke the devourer. He'll take the curse off our destiny. He will pour us out blessings that we'll not be able to contain. Let me tell you something. Now's the time to get in. Get in. Man, we're going to have encounter weekends. We're going to start discovery classes again. We're creating school of ministry now so that people can actually take it home with them and fill in the blanks and get the training that we've been doing now for these last eight years. These are things you can begin to do and say, count me in. I'm ready to get in the corral. I want to be a year from now in a place that God could open a door. Maybe God will fly me to Indiana. Maybe God will somehow like, well, let me stand before pastors and share my testimony or testimony. I don't know what God has. I'm not the guarantor. God is the one. But I'll guarantee you this. Unless you get in a corral, it ain't going to happen. Come on. Prayer times. Wednesday nights, Sunday mornings, guys being an Ironman, ladies signing up for women of power. This is the moment. I tell you what, it's such a great moment that you can jump in. You can jump in and say, I'm jumping in because because when I hear everybody clapping next year, it's not going to be just a clap of, well, I'm just I'm clapping because everyone else is clapping, but I can now clap because I had it there, too. Come on, ask the core leaders and they can help steer you in the right direction for kingdom use. Everybody wants accolades of pulling the carriage, but few want the discipline it takes to get there. So I was sharing with Tracy and I'm just about done. I told her, I said, I'm beginning to see all the reasons. How about that? I preached as long as I normally do. Wow. I repent for lying before you. I lied to you. I should not have done that. Well, I'll finish it with this. I was telling my wife, I already mentioned this. I, I told her, I said, I'm beginning to understand and see all the whys of my journey. I don't even believe I've even begun to fulfill all that God has. Listen, listen, some of you, some of you have not even begun to see what God could do in your life. You're just on the front end. I mean, you've seen God do some good things and we give him honor. And, and isn't that a great testimony? But can, just get this in your spirit. You've not even begun to see some things God could do. In your life. And the only thing that's keeping you from that, it's not that he hasn't given you green pastures. It's not that he hasn't given you cool streams. It's not that he hasn't given you all sorts of liberty, wonderful things. It's just that you just kind of hesitated to get in a corral. Suddenly, all of a sudden, in a, in a split instant, the questions, why did I go through that? Why was I asked to handle that? Why that act of service? Why that submission? Let me tell you something. Pastor Larry Stockstill is coming to my church. I, I am blown away. The Alliance Defense Fund. I don't know that I'm going to get to go, but you know I have an invitation right there. They're going to, they want to fly me and my wife out to California. They're going to put me up in the Ritz-Carlton. They're going to pay for everything, and all they want to do is talk to me about what it takes to press the claims of Christ into the culture. I don't know if I'm going to get to go to that. I'm going to figure out. I'm going to try my best to go to the Ritz-Carlton. Amen? I'm going to try my best. My wife is being tapped to travel places. She's going to be going to Chicago and some other places to speak. 
I mean, I, we're grateful. I mean, we just, I mean, it's not that we were really looking for it. We were really happy hanging around here. And we're happy with you. I think you're the best. I wouldn't trade you. I wouldn't trade you for any megachurch I know. But here's the good news. The good news is it ain't about us. It's about us. It's about you too. It's about you too. See, God is no respecter of persons. What he'll do for one, he'll do for all. And all of us are on the brink of some things that are just so way out of our league. It can truly only be ascribed to God. But listen to me, there comes a moment when you just say, you know what? It's, I'm not, I'm not, I, hey, you don't have, nobody, nobody makes anybody jump in a corral. Believe me, I've learned that through the years. You can't make someone go to the corral. You can, you can point it to them. But ultimately, something in your heart has to say, if I'm in the corral, I'll be trained to pull the king's carriage. I won't be on the sidelines watching the parade go by. You won't have to deal with the envy of why. why? See, this answers the question. And whenever envy comes in your heart and you see somebody get something from God that you haven't gotten, can I just suggest this? Because we've already been through this, so I can give you firsthand information. It's probably because they did something that maybe I was unwilling to do. Or perhaps they, they offered some sacrifice that has not yet come across my path. And that God is willing to do more than you can imagine if you just, if you just are faithful in what's before you. I'm telling you, next year at this time, I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to say something to this effect. Could you believe we had to put a guy up on that duct right there and he was hanging from that air duct right there? You'll so wish. You'll so wish. You could have said, I, I throw, I'm throwing my hat in. Amen. Stand with me, will you please?